What if every illegal handgun sent out a sound like this that only you could hear in someone's locker at school, at a house party, in a backpack on the subway? If you know someone who has an illegal handgun, call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Your tip could take an illegal handgun off the street for good. 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 Very good. You stay anonymous, criminals don't. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Crime Stoppers. See it, say it, stop it. A podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to keep their communities safer. I'm your host, Sean Sporton. And in today's podcast, we have a special guest with us, Nick Pelthorpe from Uber's law enforcement outreach team and a friend of Toronto Crime Stoppers is here to discuss the important work Uber is doing. Before I do that, let me just tell you a little bit about Nick. Nick is a former detective with the Metropolitan Police in the United Kingdom, where he worked for 10 years in various specialized commands. Towards the end of his service, Nick worked in the Metropolitan Police Cyber Crime Unit, where he was a digital media and fraud investigator. Nick now lives in Toronto, where he works as a member of Uber's law enforcement outreach team. He spends his day working with and educating law enforcement agencies across Canada on Uber's safety features and how law enforcement can best work with Uber during criminal investigations when they occur, both on and off the platform. Nick, welcome. Thanks for joining us. How are you keeping, my friend? Hey, Sean. I'm very well, thank you. Very well. How are you? I'm awesome. Well, I mean, I could be better. The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't uh, make it through the first round, but hey, <laughs> I know what's new, Sad right? Times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, getting right into it, Nick, tell us a little bit more about uh, how you ended up in your current role with Uber after uh, being a police officer for 10 years. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, it's a good question. Uh, and it's a question that I get asked many, many times. Um, I wanted to come to Uber uh, basically because I was attracted to the opportunity to work for a company that helps people move and mixes both the physical world with the tech world. Right. Um, yeah, our technology enables so much in the community. So it's crucial that we do our part to make our community safer. This is what I thought was attractive about the role and working for the company. Um, So whether it's a crime that happens during a trip or helping with investigations that involves a dangerous and violent fugitive to saving the lives of young girls who are victims of sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. I wanted that opportunity to help teach law enforcement how to use our tools to help identify and locate the suspects in these cases and basically getting them off our streets. I liked the idea of uh, working for the company um, and, and using lots of the experience that I've had in the past as an investigator. For sure. And I'm sure that's, a, that's an asset. I mean, you do have a, a really good background there, especially on the cyber side. I also know that, you know, when you arrived in Canada, you also started getting uh, knee deep into some of the associations with the International Association of Chiefs of Police and uh, as well as the Canadian Chiefs of Police. Uh, so that's, that's pretty pretty awesome that you're doing that and getting involved in that aspect as well. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I sit on the Public and Private Partnership Committee of the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Um, and then obviously here in Canada, work very, very closely with the Canadian Association of Chiefs. Um, I'm also working closely with Interpol and I sit on their expert human trafficking panel. Very good. Very good. So getting into, uh, you know, your role and what you do, and I know we'll cover off a lot of the safety 
uh, aspects and features that Uber has. Can you give me an example? And I know privacy and and all those sorts of things are, are very important. And and by no means, you know, are we expecting you know the full details, but just more of a a general idea of, of, of a case, an example of a case where you've helped law enforcement uh, when it came to an incident that involved Uber? Yeah, no, sure. Fair enough. Um, obviously, as, as millions of people uh, around the world get moved in an Uber, things happen. Um, there are incidents, there's accidents, there are investigations which, which law enforcement want assistance with, and mm-hmm. we want to do that to help them. In Canada specifically, uh, we recently helped Toronto police capture a fugitive who was wanted for both homicide and human trafficking charges. Mm. Uh, their surveillance unit had lost sight of the fugitive in the downtown area uh, and they'd had intelligence telling them that he was actively using the Uber platform to move both himself and potential victims around. Um, As a result, they obtained a production order and legally uh, requested the relevant data from us via our law enforcement portal. Law enforcement response team uh, worked on that request and returned the data to them that showed that the suspect had been using Uber in Calgary. So as a result, the Toronto police worked very, very closely with the Calgary police um, and they have managed to apprehend the fugitive who is now safely behind bars. So you see from that example, safety is a top priority for us and we want to make sure that we're doing our part to keep the communities uh, in which we operate safe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in that message there outside of, you know, the excellent work that you're doing and the collaboration that you have with law enforcement, for our listeners, especially the rider base, is that, you know, when, when Nick mentioned a production order to get the information from Uber, that's a legal document that a, a judge or a justice has to sign off on. So I guess the important message there is, you know, Uber isn't just freely giving out your information. There has to be a legitimate purpose. It has to go through that court process for, for law enforcement to receive that information when they request it. So that, that's awesome. You know, those things happen around the world, not just with Uber every day. So it's really good that, you know, your team is stepping up and doing that parallel investigation with law enforcement. You know, that brings us to the aspect of privacies for your users. So how do you balance safety, um, but also protecting that privacy for users? And, and that, that must be a difficult task. Can you kind of talk us through that? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we've obviously got a large privacy team that we work very closely uh, with, uh, as well as a large legal team. Um, and, and safety is is something that we obviously take very, very seriously at Uber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do have to balance that uh, every day with the privacy of our, of our users, like you say. Um, as we help put transportation, food delivery and other services at your fingertips, uh, we use the data to provide convenient transportation and delivery options to protect the safety and security of people on our platform. The data that we collect enables safe pickup and drop-off locations, encourages safe driving habits like effectively sharing the road with other travellers and development of new safety features. Through the settings in the Uber app, a rider can choose when to share their location, manage trusted contacts, personalise their account and even delete it. So with Canada opening back up and, you know, we're going to get into some more of the current safety measures, uh, I guess, that is that is relevant right now throughout the world, not just within Canada. But as Canada opens back up, what is Uber doing for the safety and keeping safety top of mind uh, for the riders, the drivers and the community right now? Yeah. So throughout this pandemic, Uber has kept the safety of all its users and the community as a top priority. At the start, we had in-app messaging to encourage riders to only travel for essential services. Now, as we open back up, we're calling this your second first trip. 
and it's part of a no mask, no ride campaign. So now as people begin to move again, we're requiring all users, riders, drivers and delivery people to wear masks. We believe that we all need to do our part to stop the spread. So we are making everyone accountable. Anyone who violates the policy repeatedly risks losing access to the platform. Hmm. In addition, there is a go online checklist implemented with new technology so that drivers and delivery people must take a selfie showing that they are wearing a mask or face covering before they can start taking trips. Once verified that they are wearing a mask or a face covering, the rider will get a message that this is the case. To assist with sanitation, Uber has dedicated $50 million globally to purchase and distribute cleaning supplies and protective equipment to active drivers. We have distributed over 300,000 masks in Canada already, and these have been made available at some of our local Greenlight Hub support centres. Also, riders are given similar guidelines. They are asked to wear a mask, make sure they've washed their hands before taking a trip, and handle their own personal belongings. And in cases where it is possible, drivers and riders should have the windows open during a trip to help with air circulation. These are all guidelines that we have developed through the assistance of the World Health Organization and Health Canada. Well, hey, listen, you know, it's very clear to me, uh, should be very clear to the listeners out there that Uber is taking this very seriously. Uh, You are doing your part to make sure that we curb the spread of this virus. You mentioned at the end working with uh, the World Health Organization and Health Canada. I heard and understand your team is also now working with public health officials. Is this true? Yeah, sure. And that's true. Uh, Our normal day to day role of working with mainly law enforcement has now changed due to COVID. And we are now proactively engaging with public health officials and authorities across the globe. In Canada specifically, I have held various conversations with specialists offering any assistance with contact tracing and educating them on how to use this new online portal. We have now designed this portal for exclusive use by public health officials so data can be sought based on trip receipts or passenger names. Health officials are specifically prompted to specify what action they want Uber to take as part of the service. We're basically saying that they are the experts and we want to follow their recommendations. Yeah, for sure. I mean, why not? Right. They're the experts in the field. You have the information. You can do the contact tracing just like you would going into a supermarket or whatever. So, you know, it's 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 clever, uh, you know, different times, uh, you know, determine different measures to be taken. So it's good that uh, Uber is on the forefront of that. So outside of COVID and the safety around COVID, uh, I know that there's a lot of other things that Uber is doing, especially your team and some of the other uh, teams within Uber. Can you break down what those safety programs and initiatives and campaigns are so that the listeners get a little better uh, understanding of what you guys have in place? Yeah, sure. No problem. We have a number of in-app safety features and safety products, and I'm sure many of the listeners will be very familiar with some of these features, um, but I'll go through them and I'll break them down one by one. Ride check is the first one that I want to mention. GPS has been the backbone of the Uber experience. Every trip is on the map, so we know where and when you're riding. By using this data and other sensors in our driver's smartphones, our technology can detect possible crashes or unexpected long stops. Hmm. When a ride check is initiated, both the rider and driver will receive a notification asking if everything is okay. They can then let us know through the app that all is well, or if necessary, take other actions like using the emergency button or reporting the issue to Uber's safety line. 
Another one I wanted to mention was verify a ride. While we have always advised our riders to make sure that they check the make, model, plate, number, and driver information before getting inside an Uber, we have now developed technology that will send riders who opt in a unique code that they can give to the driver before getting in the vehicle and starting the trip. Riders will see confirmation on their phone when the right pin has been entered and the driver will not be able to start the trip without the correct pin code. Hey, very interesting and awesome safety feature in my opinion. I would encourage, I mean, I use Uber a lot. I would encourage, you know, everybody to opt in for this feature. You got to know what car you're getting into. You got to make sure it's the right vehicle. You got to make sure the person supposedly being the driver is the driver. So this is, this is awesome. Yeah, no, thanks. This is a new safety feature. Um, one of the ones I wanted to mention, which um, people will probably be aware of is the trusted contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, using GPS technology, we have developed the ability for riders and drivers so that they can share their trip with family or friends uh, and that they are able to follow them on the map in real time and know when they've arrived safely at their location. Also worth mentioning is phone and location anonymization. We use technology to anonymize phone numbers when riders and drivers contact each other through the app. Additionally, we've taken steps to anonymize the exact pickup and drop-off addresses in the driver's trip history. Again, this is something that I do get asked on many times and and, and that's what we've got um, with regards to anonymization. Uh, Also now featured is a 911 emergency button. This is accessed through the safety toolkit. Riders and drivers can uh, tap on the emergency button, which provides an option to connect directly to 911 through the app in the event of an emergency. Right. The 911 feature displays a rider's real-time location, both on the map and as an address, as well as the car make, model, and license plate number, so riders and drivers can easily share that information with the 911 operator. Again, awesome feature. Yeah, also worth mentioning, Sean, is the bike lane alerts. We've rolled out in-app rider alerts to cities and regions with available mapping information on bike lane data. So when the rider is expected to be dropped off along a designated bike lane with shared infrastructure for bikes and motor vehicles, they will receive a push notification 480 metres before Mm. being dropped off in order to just remind them to look over their shoulder for people on bikes and scooters before opening their door. Very good. I also wanted to mention uh, a new feature. Um, This is a new training requirement for drivers. uh, And to help create a respectful ride-sharing environment, we're going to be requiring all of our US and Canadian drivers to complete sexual assault and misconduct training by sitting through six online videos that focus on safety. This educational program has been developed in partnership with the anti-sexual nonprofit Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, or RAIN for short. It will start rolling out this month here in Canada in English to active drivers with subtitles for Spanish, Portuguese, Arabic, Mandarin and French Canadian. These new training videos will feature some of our drivers and cover topics including respecting the privacy of others, conversational boundaries, respecting others' personal space, sexual violence awareness and bystander intervention. We hope that this is really raising uh, the bar and being consistent in the actions that we as a company are taking. Yeah, Nick, this is raising the bar for sure. Anytime, in my opinion, that you can offer training and educate the uh, employees or the contractors that work under a brand, you are making it a better avenue for things to be reduced. There's a better understanding of whatever it is that you're training and hopes that it reduces and prevents incidents from happening. You know, and speaking of human trafficking, 
Recently, on July 30th, it was the United Nations World Day to End Human Trafficking of Persons. In Canada, human trafficking continues to be a public safety concern. What is Uber doing in this space, specifically in Canada, to combat the growing issue of human trafficking? So here in Canada, Sean, on the 30th of July, we partnered with the Canadian Centre to End Human Trafficking to push out more awareness on human trafficking to all of our drivers across the country. Nice. We sent to them various uh, communications including in-app tips on how to spot and report trafficking. Mm -hmm. We believe that in many communities across Canada, drivers are the eyes and ears on the ground. And the more general awareness they have concerning human trafficking, the better. In the past year, we have held driver awareness sessions with both the Toronto Police and you guys, Toronto Crime Stoppers. And we were looking to improve on that this year, pre-COVID, by hosting more sessions ahead of the Montreal Grand Prix and the Calgary Stampede. At both events, we would have partnered with local NGOs and local law enforcement to provide general awareness for our drivers and hopefully play our part in helping to disrupt human trafficking. In fact, for the Calgary Stampede, we were looking to host driver awareness sessions with an NGO called Hashtag Not In My City, a movement that was started by Paul Brandt, the country music star, back in 2017. Hmm. Paul is now leading Alberta's new committee against trafficking, And we're working with them to produce materials for drivers in Alberta to give them tips and hints to spot trafficking. Hey, listen, you know, awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, anytime that you can have somewhat of a, a, you know, a celebrity or or someone that has a public image uh, in the community partner with what you're doing, especially on something like human trafficking, that I don't think a lot of people really understand or know that it's prevalent in Canada, it's prevalent in, uh, you know, your city, your hometown. So I think, uh, you know, that message and that uh, partnership that you have uh, is, is going to, you know, the message is going to get out there. Nick, I know you're a busy guy. As always, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for joining our podcast and sharing the important work that you and the entire team at Uber are doing to keep your Uber drivers, your riders, and the entire community safe. Thank you, my friend. Uh, well done. Thank you very much, Sean, for having me. Uh, And thank you for everyone listening. Take care and stay safe. As we conclude, I'd like to remind everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous, criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, be safe. Lakeside Motel At the corner gas Yes, for my hell Standing by your van You're barefoot in a snapback And sipping on your ice cap I changed your tire And you gave me your name